Come on, let's give the Lord a cheer this morning. Amen. I wonder if we can, before we see you, can we just lift our hand to heaven and say, Lord, I need you today. Come on, I need you more than the water. Amen. More than the rain, more than the sun. I need you, Lord. I need you today more than I needed you yesterday, Lord. And Lord, I say that with my whole heart, that I have to have you. I've got to have you. I need to have your strength and your power, Lord. Lord, your touch in my life, Lord. And Lord, the mark that's on my life, God, I need you today. Amen. Lord, we, we could never say, I can't, I don't need you, Lord. You're our provision. You're our shelter. You're our defender. Lord, you're our guide. You are our friend, Lord. And I thank you today that, Lord, your presence is here. Your presence is in our lives. Wherever we are today, Lord, you promised you'd be with us, God. Lord, I just thank you for it. I give you all the praise and the glory. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. How many is good to say, tell the Lord you need him? Amen. How many, how many can say there's a lot of things we want from the Lord, but, you know, the most important things we can say is, Lord, I just want you. Amen. Come on. How many, how many know we, come to, we don't come to church for a blessing? We don't come to God for a handout? You know, come on. We just say, Lord, we just need you. That's all we want. Amen. We want you. Amen. Because how many know when you get them, you get everything? Amen. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. How many are thankful for the blessings of the Lord in your life? Amen. Are thankful for all the things that the Lord has given you? Uh, you know, how many times we, we, we catch ourselves complaining about things in this life, but it's good to give thanks to the Lord, isn't it? Is that the Bible says that's what we're supposed to do, and so this is the will of God for our lives. Amen. Well, thanks so much again for uh, being here and coming and joining us online. If you're uh, away and you're joining us online, we just miss you today and just wanted to say a great big God bless you. Well, I don't know if you're sick in your body or just having fun. I don't know what you're doing, and, but we just pray that the Lord touches you and, and touches your family today. How many believe our church, we really uh, believe in family. Uh, one of our core values is family and marriage. And uh, how many are thankful that the Lord loves marriage? Amen. He loves family, loves your kids, loves you. Amen. And uh, I'm so thankful for that. Amen. You know, sometimes life isn't really about living off the blessings, but it's about counting your blessings, isn't it? And so, you know, we don't always feel blessed, but we can say, Lord, I am blessed. Amen. I don't care what I feel today or what I see around me. I thank you that your word is more powerful. Your word is more real than anything I see or feel in this world. Amen? Right? Come on, some of you need to feel, say that by faith today. You just crawled in the church, but hopefully you'll be jumping when we leave. Amen. All right. Amen. So uh, we've been doing, a, a, we started a series last week on the blessing of work. And uh, it was not intentional, not at all, that I would uh, continue this series on Labor Day weekend. And I uh, didn't, even, didn't even think about it till the other day. You know, Labor Day, uh, just a short history, Labor Day was, uh, came up with, uh, really started with, I think, in 1882, where 10,000 uh, workers took unpaid time and they marched in New York City. They marched from, I think it was the City Hall to Union Square and uh, in protest and some other things. And so... Uh, Twelve years later, I believe it was uh, Congress uh, made a, made, passed a law and uh, President Cleveland signed it and uh, they called it uh, the Workman's Holiday. I think it was a Working Men's Holiday and now we call it Labor Day. So uh, just kind of interesting how we, you know, I just kind of ended up sharing on the blessings of work on Labor Day. And um, how many are thankful for uh, work? You're thankful for labor, but you're also thankful for rest. Amen. And uh, so we're thankful for that and thankful for um, the Lord really providing for us. And, and uh, anyway, so that was kind of, I just thought of that, like, wow, this is really 
cool and weird at the same time and only meaningful to me. Anyways, <laughs> apparently. Anyways, so can we turn in our Bibles to Genesis chapter 2? I just want to do, I don't like to do a review too much, um, you know, uh, but just to kind of give you a background if you weren't here and maybe you didn't catch the first one, this is week 2. And uh, this is turning into a lot of good principles. In Genesis chapter 2.15, the Bible says, The Lord God took the man, or Adam, put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and care for it. Work was God's design. Work was God's plan. Work is a vital uh, and necessary part of life. It really is. How many know that work, uh, it, it really is about life, and life is about work. And, and uh, we can't separate the two, but, um, you know, Today, I said it last week, I've never heard so many people, I've even heard it this week, I mean, I hear it on a weekly basis, really, people say, nobody wants to work, nobody wants to work, they get a job, and uh, that doesn't mean that they don't want to make money, it just means, and sometimes I've learned that it means that people don't want to get a job or get work, they don't know how to work, they don't know how to keep a job, they don't know how to be faithful at a job, or how to manage their money, come on somebody, and right, so we hear this a lot in our day, in our culture, but one of the things we wanted to do is we just cover some, some areas that I feel uh, when it comes to the blessings of work. Number one, the blessings. We talked a lot about that last week. going to finish up on this this week. And then the principles, the myths of work. How many know there's a lot of misunderstandings and myths about work? The hindrances to work and then the goal of work. And so uh, as we talked about the blessing of work and began to talk about that, that God created, in the beginning, God created uh, marriage. He created gender. He created uh, all the living things, the ecosystem. God created all those wonderful things, family, and he created work. And you know, God created those things before the curse of sin. Come on, he created those things before the fall. A lot of people want to say that, oh, work is a part of the curse. No, no, work is part of the blessing, Right? What God had done, and it's actually sin had done through man falling, was he cursed the ground. And so no longer do you have an apple tree that just produces apples every year on its own. Now you have to work it. You have to plant the apple tree. You have to fertilize it. You have to prune it. You have to pick it. You have to make the applesauce. Right? Before, everything just happened and Adam woke up and he had applesauce every morning. No, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, but God provided for him, didn't he? And so that was part of the curse. And uh, work is, is from God. And this is what we talked about and we left on this, is that work is from God. Therefore, it's a gift, it's a promise, and it is a blessing. And so how many believe that work is a blessing? You know, blessings have four dynamics to them. I'm not going to get into this, but they have four dynamics. Um, I think, number one, there's grace attached to blessings. It's just God's grace. You didn't do anything to, to deserve it. It's God's grace. He just blesses. Uh, there's favor. How many know God gives you favor? God gives uh, certain people favor at certain times. And, and that has nothing to do with how much he loves you or doesn't love you or anything. It's just that there's favor. How many know you just need favor at certain times in your life? Joseph needed favor. And so uh, Abraham needed favor. And so there's times we get favor. Also, uh, reaping connected to blessing you reap what you sow you get in what you, you you get out what you put in you know how many know that's a that's a principle isn't it that's a principle of blessing and the Bible says if you sow sparingly you will reap sparingly if you sow generously you will reap generously so there's there's blessing uh, you know those kind of principles but then there's also one reward there's also the blessing of reward, where God rewards you. The Bible says that the wife God gives you is your greatest reward for all your earthly toil. Amen. Right? That's what it says. Yeah, I like that. 
doing that. All right, wife over here. All right, so that's true, isn't it? Proverbs 14.11 says, the work of the wicked will perish, the work of the godly will flourish. How many believe that? The work of the godly will flourish. The Bible talks about in Psalms that we're like trees of righteousness planted by the rivers of water, and whatever we do will last. Is that right? What we do will last. So God gave a command to work, didn't he? He gave a command to work. In Exodus chapter 20, he says, six days shall you work. And then on the seventh, you can take a break. Right? How many know that's a command? Right? So he gave a command to work. He also gave a blessing. In Deuteronomy 28, the Bible says that if you do what God told you to do, the Lord will send a blessing on your barns, and everything you put your hand to, God will bless you. So how many know there's a blessing? I believe there's a blessing. We talked about that. And then God gave us a desire to work. Did you know that? God gave us a desire to work. So to be lazy and to be irresponsible is to go against what God has already given to us. Right? And so he's given us a desire to work. And the more that we work, the more the desire grows. The more the desire to, to work grows. And so how many know the more the bills pile up, the more desire grows too? Right? But, you know, because God put that need, why? Because God put a need in us for fulfillment and completion. God put a need in us for fulfillment, didn't He? He put a need in us for love and for completion, for accomplishment. There's just something in all of us that we want to complete something, finish something, accomplish something, be something. Come on, we want some fulfillment on our lives. Well, God put that in there. And one of the things that, that meets that fulfillment and that desire is work. It really does. And, um, and so when a person works with their hands, they find that there's fulfillment there. There's completion. There's accomplishment there. And what did God tell us in the very beginning? He told man to be fruitful, multiply, take dominion, subdue the earth. So there was a blessing there. There was a instruction there. There was a blessing there. And there was also a desire for man to work. And I believe that God put a desire in Adam the very beginning to, to work the garden. Is that right? And to name the animals and do God's work. Let me just give you quickly six motivations to go to work. Hopefully, you'll think about this on Tuesday, tomorrow's Labor Day, or you don't work. Six motivations to go to work. First of all, as we talked about, it's God's will. It's God's design for what is good and what is right. Second of all, work is a command. It, it really is. Uh, Jesus talked about it, gave commands. Paul, in his writings, gave commands to work. And from the very beginning, it was a command. Also, thirdly, it's a provision for life. Work is a provision for life. It just doesn't help you buy cool things, but it's a provision for life. And that's how we look at it. We look at a provision for life. Um, fourthly, work, the motivation to work and get up and go to work and work hard in your life is love and care. When you love for people, those around you, and you're under your care, how many know that's a good motivation to work? You should work for your family. You should want to uh, provide for your family. Is that right? The Bible says if we don't, uh, we're just really not uh, a good character, a good person. And so love and care. And being an example is a really a good motivation to work that uh, we want to teach others. We want to be an example. We, and as a Christian, I think that that's something the Bible says that we should strive to be an example of the believers. Not a show-off, not better than anybody, but an example of the believers. And the other thing is I see that uh, motivation for work is survival. Now, it's very basic, isn't it? Survival, to eat, to have shelter. How many know it takes work to do those things? It takes work to, to, and so that's a motivation to work. Some people uh, have to be motivated to, to get out of bed because they've got to survive. You've got to pay the bills. You've got to put food on the table. How many know you've got to eat? 
you got to have shelter and, and all those things. And then the last thing, motivation to go to work, is shame. That's a good motivation sometimes. It can work in your favor. You don't want to be lazy. You don't want to be an outcast. You don't want to be on the streets. You don't want to be beggar, a beggar. Come on. That's, that's a good motivation sometimes. How many know that can be a good motivation is, uh, is shame? Because really, the absence of work can bring shame, discouragement, depression, loss of purpose, and loss of self-dignity. When you, you know, really don't have work or you don't have the, not just the ability to work, that has nothing to do with it, but the absence of work ethics, work uh, in your life, a, a job or, or some kind of income, it really brings depression, doesn't it? Come on. How many of you know there was a time in, our, in a period in our culture called the Great Depression? Because people lost their jobs. There was, the unemployment rate was crazy. So but let me just say this, that work, according to, to, the, to the Bible, work leads to three things. Work leads to wealth. Obviously, that should be obvious. It, work, it leads to worth. Come on, it's worth. As the Bible, we see in Genesis, it's worth. God gives you value and worth and, and, uh, and purpose. And then it leads to worship. You know, your, your work in your life really, as we'll talk about later, leads to worship and can lead to worship. Now, that's either good or bad. How many know some people are working very hard at idols? At their idol, amen? Come on, things that, that don't have anything to do with the good or God or, or any, it's all selfishness, it's all pride. But some people are working, come on, and that's what the Bible teaches us, for worship before God. You know, in the Old Testament, worship took a lot of work. Took hours just just to do one sacrifice, just to do one act of worship, right? So that was kind of a, a, a kind of an example that sometimes it takes work. And you know something about work is there's both spiritual principles and practical principles that work at the same time. I mean, you know, when you learn to work hard, you you learn you can learn how to pray through some things. There's just some things about it. Some people that I've seen mentors in my life that were. Tremendous prayer warriors or, or, or what I would call ministers of the gospel and tremendous men and women of God usually were hardworking people because the two go hand in hand. How many know God wants to teach you spiritual principles while you're at work? Patience, long-suffering, oh yeah. Oh yeah, all that stuff, right? Come on, endurance, faithfulness. So we'll talk about that. But a man really has two things that give him his worth. Number one, his work. Number two, his woman. That gives a man his worth, doesn't it? It does. Yes, it does. Lose both of those and he doesn't feel worth. He doesn't feel dignity. He doesn't feel, come on. And he doesn't act that way, does he? Right. If a man loses those things. A woman has two things that give her her worth is her work and her family. Her family is, is just that, gives her that worth, gives her, her uh, you know, that when she says, I'm, I'm, that's my children, that's my home. You know, it's, it's, there's more homeless men there are women. One of the reasons is because women are smart enough to get shelter before anything else. Or they've got family connections. Come on, amen. Better than some men. Amen. So, so one of the things we find is there's that drive and that desire, and that's where she finds her worth. You take those things away from her, and she feels empty. She feels broken. She feels, come on, she feels incomplete. Is that right? Amen. That's right. That's true. Anyways, all right. I don't know why I'm asking. Anyways, all right. So I believe that, it, you know, it's work is just a means of glorifying God by using the skills that he gave us, a means of providing value to our lives, accomplishment, achievement, fulfillment. Uh, all these things are so good because they're from the Lord. 
How many know work is from the Lord? And so we want to just talk about, let's talk about the principles. So we talked about the blessings. Let's just talk about the principles um, of work. All right. And so, you know, this is the time when kids are going back to school. And you remember your school days, whether it was college or high school or whatever. You ever you have that conversation with your child about their homework and they're, you know, going through the homework. And one of the things you realize real quick about your classes is that, am I ever going to use this in life? I mean, seriously. Like, who's ever going to do, like, Spanish 8? You know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, trigonometry. I mean, I just knew there were certain things, like, I'm just not going to need this in my life. How many have ever said that yourself? Your kids have said this. When am I ever going to need this? You know? And we, as parents, we always say, well, you never know. And we know in the back of our mind, you're not. <laughs> okay. You're just, you're just not. Okay? Um, especially where you're going. All right. So, you're just not, you know. Just not going to need it. But we want to do the homework, right? But how many know work principles you need in every area of your life, consistently in your life, every day in your life? You'll never come to a place you'll say, I don't need work principles in my life. I don't need work ethics. I don't need to learn about the principles of work. How many know you need them every day of your life for the rest of your life? Is that correct? Amen. So they're important, aren't they? They're very important. And so, you know, with... with, um, with this, I just want to bring out some principles, and uh, we're going to cover these things. Um, I'm going to try to get to the couple of them today, but we're, first of all, principles are unto the Lord. The applications of work, there's principles there, the production, the multiplication of work, all that. Then thirdly, spiritual work. There's spiritual work. Fourthly, simple steps of work. And then the fifth thing is teaching your kids to work. So the principles of work, I want to dive into this. The first thing we want to look at today is unto the Lord. Amen. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. Starting in verse 17, Colossians 3, 17. And I'm going to read out of the King Jesus Version and that, because I feel like it makes it real plain and clear. And then we're going to describe it. In verse 17 of Colossians chapter 3, it says, Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Skip down to verse 22. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as man-pleasers, men-pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever you do, in hard, whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. And then in verse 25, it's very important to mention this, but he that do, does wrong shall receive for the wrong which he's done, there's no respecter of persons. Amen. Let me just break this down because sometimes I don't like to just read scriptures just to bring a reference to my point. I like to really look at some of the scriptures and realize what they're saying. How many know it's important to to look at the scriptures and and really hear what they're saying? And in verse 17, it says, whatever you do, do do it all. Now notice this, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatever you do, word or deed, do all in the name of of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you know, one, one person kind of got out there a little bit and said, well, what about going to the bathroom and some things like that? And, and I said, okay, let, let's come back here. Let's just, you know, whatever. What it means, it, you know, it means whatever we do, we do in the name of the Lord. And it talks about our activities, our life, our, uh, the events of our life or the, 
uh, you know, kind of the, the, the different things we do in our lives. It's a strong dependence on the Lord. When it says do it in the name of the Lord, it's a strong dependence on the Lord and, and really should be done for the Lord. So it's what we should be doing for the Lord. It's a strong dependence on Him. We do it in the name of the Lord. Now, the, it says word and deed. Now, it's not talking about illegal activities, sinful activities. Come on. Well, I'm a, I'm a drug dealer. I'm doing it for the Lord. No. Come on. Let's be practical and functional here. He's talking about what the activities in your life, word and deed. He specifically says whatsoever things you say and do every activity in your life. The commitments you made, the oaths that you and the promises that you have, the oaths and the commitments in your life. Responsible for what you say and what you do, your words and actions. There's responsibility there. there. Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do it as representatives of the Lord Jesus. You do it as representatives to the Lord. Now it gets back into the meat of this. You go down. In verse 22, starts breaking it down, gets a little clearer. In verse 22, he says that we, we work, he says, uh, employers, do it to your, employee, your employees, do it to your employers, or, you know, your workers, to your bosses, that we can put that uh, there. He says, servants, to your masters, but we can, we can put that vernacular in there today because we understand that's what it means. It means, you know, workers and bosses and employees, employers, and that's what he's saying. He says, do it as unto the Lord, not only with external service. How many know, people say, well, see, I work to the Lord. I don't work to man, so I don't have to listen to what you say. How many know that's not what he's talking about? See, it proves that I don't need a job. It proves that I don't need to work for anybody. I just work as under the Lord. Good luck with that. And that's not what he's talking about. He says, not only with, how many know you, you need to do what you're asked to do? If somebody employed you to do something, you need to do what they ask you to do. You do what they hired you to do. You do what, come on, that's, that's what he's saying. But you, you don't only, only do that. That's what you need to do. He said, but you go beyond that. And he says, you do it unto the Lord because the Lord is watching, right? But as you also do it to the Lord. Be sincere with your motives out of respect for your real boss. How I many know we, we work for a lot of people, but we got one real boss? That's the, that's the boss we're working for. The Lord is our boss. Amen? The Lord is employed. Again, that's not a, an excuse not to work. Well, the Lord's my boss. I don't need you. You know? No, no. That's not what he's saying. He's saying we have to work and we work to men because there's other places where he talks about even if you have an unbeliever and he's terrible, you still need to work for him. All right? Doesn't matter if he's the devil in a suit. You got to work for him. All right. Now, thank God for, you know, self-employment. Thank God for entrepreneurship. That's really good. But there's principles here. Even if you have your own company, your own business, and you're making a gazillion dollars and you're CEO, no, you, know, you don't have to worry about touching anybody and talking to anybody. You have your own business. How many know you're still working unto the Lord? It's still unto the Lord that we work. Amen. Verse 23, it says, work from the soul. That is, put your very best effort forth. Give your all. You're, you're, you're excellent work. The Bible says that one thing about Daniel is that he had an excellent spirit. I believe he had an excellent work ethic, right? So work from the soul. Do your very best. Do, do your work willingly, not as though you were, I mean, do it as, as though you're serving the Lord himself. Think about it. If the Lord is the guy in the next room, you know, are you going to be wasting time on YouTube videos at work? You know what I mean? See, that, does, that puts it real, doesn't it? That makes it real, doesn't it? How do we really feel about the Lord? Is he only, you know, he's a you know, the guy we pray for for everything we need? No, no. Everything I do in life is as if I'm doing it to the Lord himself. 
Amen. How many know the way you treat your spouse, you need to do it as unto the Lord? Are you going to, come on, are you going to have anger issues and be, no, you're going to, you're going to humble yourself. You're going to do the, how many know it works in every area, right? So as unto the Lord. And so he's saying it, do sincerely, do your best, do it from the soul, put your all into it. Even if you hate your job, even if you don't like your job, amen, you need to give it your all. Amen. Aren't you glad for some of your parents that they worked through a lot to give you what you have? Aren't you glad for that? They didn't whine. I mean, they did it. They just got up. They worked. Some of them worked two or three jobs. I thank God for that. But anyways, we work from the soul. They gave it all. Work willingly. And then, because in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 7, he almost repeats it word for word. And he says it again. He says, do your work with enthusiasm, willfully, cheerfully, work as if you were serving the Lord himself. Wow. So how many know we do it as unto the Lord, right? How many believe that you got to work as unto the Lord? Work as unto the God. So here's what I like. And also go into verse 24 real quick. Because I, I looked at this and I thought this was great. You know, sometimes you read the Bible so much, you just kind of like skip over stuff. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I think I know what that means. Anybody else in here, right? But how many know when you read it and you realize this is something very powerful in verse 24. He says, because you will receive the reward of the inheritance. How many of did you ever stop and think about that? Did you, sometimes I'll do that. I'll just think about what the Bible says sometimes. And I know I'm going to receive a reward from the Lord. That's what it's saying. I'm doing as under the Lord, not for the reward, but I know I will receive a reward from the Lord. But he specifically says you'll receive the reward of the inheritance or you'll receive the payback of the inheritance. The one who will give you what he promised he will give you, Right? And it also means this Christ who is going to pay you, giving you your full portion of all that he owns. That's a little better, isn't it? In other words, he's gonna, you're going to get some kickbacks from the riches of heaven. So if you work as unto the Lord, you're going to receive payback from the Lord. You're going to receive it from the Lord. And so this is what we, we can put it this way, that our work is to him, our work is for him, and our work is by him. Aren't you glad that the more you bless the Lord, the more he blesses you, the more you thank the Lord and content that the more he gives you, right? That's, that's just a principle. And so work is to him, work is for him, and it's by him. That sounds pretty good. Receiving the reward of the inheritance. What God has already promised his people. How many know God has a lot? Oh yeah, way more than your 401k. A lot more than what you could work for yourself. A lot more than what anybody in this earth can give you. God can reward you even more. You know why? Because it's one thing to get, you know, you get a bonus, you know, at Christmas. That's kind of neat. Some of you only get maybe a turkey. I don't know what you get. And, and, you know, whatever. But how many know God gives you better than just you know money he, he gives you something more he'll give you a blessing in your heart your spirit how many know you would rather see your family blessed than get more in, in the paycheck you'd rather see your kids saved. you'd rather see your kids serve in the lord you'd rather see them successful in life and 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 marry the right person more than getting a bonus at christmas amen the lord can reward us so we are working as unto the lord lord this is from you I, I know I applied for this job. I know I started this business. I know that I worked my way to the top. But Lord, ultimately, you got me here. Lord, ultimately, I give you the praise. Lord, I give you the credit. Come on, somebody. I'm, giving, I'm working as unto you today. Amen? Amen. 
And you know, you lay there for a couple more minutes and hit the snooze a couple times, but you need to say, Lord, I'm going to do it to you today. Some, some of you, it takes you everything to go to your job. I mean, the whole way to your job. The whole way back. Right? But you need to say, Lord, today... I'm going to put a smile on my face because it's unto you. You're my boss today. I've got a boss at, you know, wherever I work, but you're my real boss. You're my real employer. You're the real, come on, rewarder. And I'd rather have what you give me as a boss than what anybody else can give me as a boss. I'm doing this for you today, Lord. I'm doing this not just for my family. I'm doing this unto you. I want you to be glorified. I want people to recognize your hand in my work. I want people to to see the example of my hard work and my discipline and diligence. And I want them to give you glory. How many know everything we do needs to be to the Lord? Amen. Two two people. That's good. That's really good. You know. You know. We. You know. We don't. We take credit for too many things, and we need to start giving God some credit. People say, "Well, I built this business, and I got to the top." No, God built this business. God gave me the wisdom. If God didn't help me, I wouldn't be here today. Amen. Hallelujah. And so it's hard to say that God helped you scratch off the lottery ticket, but God can help you with your work. I like what John MacArthur said in his sermon titled, Work, A Christian Duty. I like this, he said, every occupation can be sanctified in Christ. Every job falls within a Christian's sacred duty. There's no such thing as a secular job for a Christian because it's all unto the Lord we work. Again, I'm talking about nothing illegal, nothing sinful. Well, the Lord gave me this job to be a dancer at this club. No, no, no. All right, come on, no. My job is to rob banks. I don't think so. All right, okay, you, you see what I'm saying. And I had to put that clause in. There's people that go there, that's why. But really, and I like this idea because it is a sacred duty. If we looked at it like this is a spiritual thing I'm doing. Some people think, well, I got to pray, worship, and that's spiritual. And then I go to work, and God doesn't really care. No, it's a sacred duty. It is a spiritual duty. Why? Because if God called you to it, God commanded you, God's going to bless you for it. How many know that's spiritual? And that's a spiritual duty. And so if we look at it like this is a sacred duty with my attitude, my diligence, my effort, I'm putting this to the Lord. This is my sacred duty that is done to the Lord. Many people think that, man, if you're a minister, wow, that's good. But how many know a minister is the same as a dishwasher? As long as it's under the Lord. Think about it. If I'm doing it to the Lord, you're doing it to the Lord, the Lord sees it at the same See, we see it different. We, we think, it, oh, the impact and the, and the, oh, it's so no, much more. No, it's the same thing. If you're sweeping floors at your work or if you're the CEO or if you're on, the, it doesn't matter. It's unto the Lord. God sees it as the same. Amen. And so how many know you need to give your all? We're going to share those principles later, especially when we talk about teaching your children. But you've got to give your all. It doesn't matter what... God called you to. It doesn't matter what God opened the door. Sometimes you just got to do it. And if, if, if it's just meaningless and nobody cares and nobody notices and just whatever, it doesn't matter. You're doing it to the Lord. Amen. Many people have these dreams of grandeur. I'm going to be the boss. I'm going to be this. You can't walk into, to, let's just say, Walmart and say, hey, I'm going to be the manager tomorrow. So I want you to know I'm going to be a regional manager. Okay. You're looking at the regional manager. How many know it doesn't work that way? It doesn't work that way. 
And God gives us that ability. God opens those doors. God provides those things. You know, I tell my children all the time, you can go to college and get your degree. You, you can, you know, have this goal in mind. But there's something neat about the Lord is that God can open up any door for you. You don't necessarily have to get a job in your vocation. It helps because it's really, really good. But God can, and even in what you, you could say, well, there's no jobs in this area. There's no, how many know God can create a job? God can give you a job. Amen. And some of you say, well, I didn't go to school. I don't have a degree. How many know God can give you a job, a good job? You don't have to go to school. You don't have to have a degree. God can give you a great job. God can open that door. And some of you say, well, I'm doing something I never thought I'd do before. God does that. God can do that. How many know we live in a time that God can create? He's the most creative the, the, uh, God there is. And He created the stars. He can create a job. Amen? And some of you are working. You think it's a dead-end job. And you're really frustrated. And you think, I've got I to gotta do more for my family. God can create a job for you. Amen? Amen. And so I, I just want to encourage you that God can create a space. The Bible says in Proverbs that your gift makes room for you. Amen? Hallelujah. So does your attitude, by the way. Amen. We'll get into that later. So let me just talk to you about, uh, you know, unto the Lord. What does it mean? To, how can we do this unto the Lord? And what is our motivation for doing it unto the Lord? Four things I want to share with you today. And that is, number one, God is our example. God is our example in creation and in carpentry. You'll, you'll, it sounds weird. Did you know in creation, he is our example? Because in creation, the Bible says, and on the last day, God rested from his work. I don't know, God was an example of working. I thought that was pretty cool. But anyways, I'm simple and I just get blown away with that. Anyway, think about it. He rested from his work. So he showed us, in, and then in carpentry, the example of Jesus. How many know Jesus was God manifested in the flesh? Can I get an amen? Right? Because we do believe that. Amen. That he, he, and he showed us for 18 years, he worked with his hands. He worked in the family business. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2 that he went down and he came to Nazareth. He was subject to his parents. He worked in his father's shop. He was a carpenter. In fact, Jesus was known, his reputation was a carpenter. Before he was known as the son of God, he was known as Joseph, the carpenter's son. He was known by his reputation of his job. Hello. Come on. Right? And, and so we think, well, he was the minister. He's the most anointed. People didn't even know he was the anointed son of God. They just knew he was a carpenter. He came over and he built us a table and it was beautiful and it fixed my, my, you know, my cabinets and everything. I mean, he, he, that's how they knew him. They knew him through his work. He was an example. And notice this in Luke chapter 2, verse 52. It says this, that when Jesus was subject to his parents and he went down, he worked with his father. The Bible says in verse 52, Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature, in favor with God and man. Because he was working with his hands. How many know God's going to open doors for you? I don't know. God wants you to be an example at your job, an example at your work ethic, so it'll open doors for you. And also, the Bible says that he grew in wisdom and stature. Yeah, he, he, you know, he grew, he grew a beard at 30. We know he had a beard, right? Grew in stature and all that stuff. But this means that he matured. He matured, right? He got smart. He got, he got wisdom. How many know you don't get wisdom sitting on your couch? You get wisdom by working. You get wisdom by learning, right? 
All right. You can say amen because it makes me go faster. Anyways, many, many did that. And so, so number one, God is our example. Number two, God is our manager. We've already kind of talked about that. Proverbs 16.3 says, commit your work to the Lord, then it will succeed. Commit your work to the Lord, then it will succeed. It doesn't matter what it is, commit it to the Lord. Amen? Right? Commit it. And 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. One translation says, My dear brothers, be strong and unmovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. I mean, no, God sees it. He's your manager. Amen? How I many know? Aren't you thankful? God also has on-the-job training. He's a great manager. Teaches you, even though you hate that job, he's still teaching you through that job. He's your manager. Amen. And so he's going to manage things for you. He's going he's to open doors. He's going to work things out. He's going to help you manage your life and your family. He's your manager. Number three, God is our provider. So not only is he our our example, he's our manager, he's also our provider. He gives and he takes away. He blesses and he withholds. Did you know that God withholds from us? Did you ever thank the Lord for withholding from you? We thank God for blessing us, but did you ever thank the Lord for withholding from you? Thank you, Lord. I didn't win the lottery. I'd be an idiot right now. Didn't hear too many amens. I didn't understand. Okay. All right. So God is our provider. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. God does that. He's, he's our provider. Given it shall be given back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over will other people, bosses included, give. Amen. Classic example is in Matthew, 20, or Matthew 6, 25, when Jesus talked about this and he said, life is more than food and your body is more than clothing. Verse 26, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. How much more valuable are you than they are? And the key verse would be in verse 33, seek the kingdom of God above everything else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. He is your provider. God is our provider. Amen. And you know, as provision, if you study the principles of God being the provider, you'll also see this is when God is our provider, that God cooperates with us as we cooperate with God. How many know work is cooperating with God? How many know God provides the sun, God provides the, the rain, God provides the wind, all these things for growth, but you have to go buy the seed, you got to put it in the ground, you got to harvest it, come on, you got to finish your schooling, you've got to apply for the job, come on, God is a provider, but he is also in cooperation with our obedience, our steps of faith, isn't that right? Amen? So work is in cooperating with God. Say, well, God, I'm just going to sit on the couch and you're going to give me, you know, 100K a year job, 401K, da, 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 you're going to do this, great retirement, all this stuff, and I'm just going to sit here and pray. All right? How many know it doesn't really happen, does it? Why? Because God is in cooperation with work. He cooperates with us. He helps us. Some of you are struggling with your work. God, understand, God's cooperating with you. Amen. And you need to say, God, you're my provider. And as I work, you're going to provide. Lord, you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, 
some of us may, may be in a fixed income or whatever, but how many know God can send ravens to feed you? God can open the waters for you to walk through. God can send checks to your door. Amen. But it's got to be in cooperation with Him. As you give, it's given back. Sometimes the Lord wants you just to be willing. You may not have the money, you may not have the time, but sometimes God wants you to be just willing. Is that right? He wants you to be willing. Lord, I'm, I'm willing to give. I'm willing to work. I'm willing to go. I'm willing to obey. I'm willing. Amen? And so sometimes God is just waiting for your willfulness. Amen. And then fourthly, God is our banker. God is our banker. He's my manager. He's my provider. He's my Some of you guys need to get up in the morning and say this. God, you're my example. You showed me how to work. Jesus worked for 18 years, submitted himself to people that were over him. He did it. He did it. He worked for 18 years. He's a carpenter. He's known for his skill. Lord, you're my provider. You're my manager. I, I don't like my manager, but I'm going to do this unto you. How many know the Lord doesn't want you to, to talk evil of your manager at work and come to church and praise the Lord? How many know it doesn't work? The Holy Spirit's going to deal with you at some point in your life. How many know that's not healthy? It's not good. Sit around that cooler and talk about how much you don't make and what this guy did and your manager. How many know there's some people that they can run the business better than the job, the boss? I mean, there's just people. I've noticed that. I mean, they're just so gifted and so talented. And I mean, they just got the world wrapped around. Come on. And they could figure everything out around that water cooler. But they refuse to get a promotion. They refuse to be an authority because they know how they talk about the boss. Oh, boy. All right. But how many know God is our banker? He's our banker. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10 says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love that you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. The Bible says he will always remember your labor, your work. I want to believe your labor is not in vain. Amen. And so as some of you are providing, you're believing God for retirement. You're believing God for your family. Say, Lord, I have worked this job. I have been faithful. I have, I have worked two or three jobs. We did what we can. Lord, I'm just praying that you're going to provide for the future. You're going to be, come on, how many know God's got a good retirement plan? He's going to bless your kids. But we've got to trust the Lord. That's not being empty and just sit around, name it, claim it, and then frame it. No, that's saying, I'm going to continue to work. I'm going to do what I can. I'm not going to squander my money. I'm not going to waste it on Powerball and things like that. I'm going to save for the future. How many know you save for the future? God can bless you. Amen. How many know you don't waste your money all your life and then say, well, God, just give me retirement money. Amen. Come on. Amen. All right. So Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5. Let's read this together. You won't turn that fast enough. Anyways, employees, obey your earthly bosses with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. It's Ephesians saying the same thing as Colossians. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward you, each one, for whatever good they do, whether they are bound or free. It doesn't matter. The Lord will repay. The Lord will repay. The Lord will repay. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them, where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves can't break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. How many know there's treasures in heaven? And the work that you do in the natural, there's something connected to the reward you get. Amen. 
in the end. Oh, yes, it's true. And so I believe that God is our banker. As that, Lord, I'm investing in people. I'm investing in your kingdom. I'm investing in my family. I believe you're going to take care of us. I believe you're going to provide for us. I believe, Lord, that we're going to have everything that we need and we're not going to lack. And how many ever quoted that over your family? We're not going to lack in Jesus' name. Our kids aren't going to lack. They're not going to be begging. The Bible says that I haven't seen the righteous forsaken one time or a seed begging for bread. The Lord is good, amen, to us and to our children and to our children's children. And I believe there's principles here that if we'll say, Lord, we do this unto you. We don't work as unto man. We're not just trying to please people. It's great that we're doing you know, great customer service and excellent work. That's what you need, but this is unto you. I want you to wake up on Tuesday and say, Lord, or if you have a boss that makes you work tomorrow, Lord, I do this to you. I do this unto you. I work holidays. I work overtime. I do it to you, Lord. I do it as unto you because, Lord, you can pay me like this boss can't pay me. You're my real boss. You're my real employer. I'm really working for you. Lord, I'm punching in, amen, in, in, in your kingdom today, Lord, amen. And Lord, you're teaching me things through this job, Lord, that I can't learn anywhere else, but they're going to be spiritual, they're going to be strong, and Lord, I'm going to get blessed because of this, amen. Some of you need to just say, Lord, you, you put up with a lot, you've done a lot, you've been worked real hard, I believe God wants to reward you. I believe that. I mean, that's not empty, that's not word of faith stuff, that's God, that's principles. How many know we have an inheritance that comes from God? And I don't know about you, but I want to claim that. I want to play, claim that piece of that inheritance today. Amen. Let's stand on our feet. I just want one more, one more point I want to make. Amen. So how many believe with all your heart that we do it is under the Lord? Amen. Come on, teach your kids to do it. First of all, yeah, they got to obey, but ultimately it's to the Lord. Amen. But we, we undo it under the Lord. And, and God's our example. God's our, our manager. He's our banker. He's our, he's our provider. Amen this morning. Um, I just want you to really get a hold of that. God, my source is from you today. I may have a good job. I might have this. I might have that. I, I may not have a job. I don't know. But my provider is you. Ultimately, Lord, everything I have. And that's why it's important that we pray and, you know, for our meals or whatever, we say, Lord, thank you for giving this to us. Come on, somebody. Thank you for giving this to me. I don't care if you, you drive a, uh, you know, a, 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 you remember those Yugos back in the 80s? I don't care if you still drive one of those. Or if you drive the, the newest Escalade, which is sweet, by the way. You know, I don't care. It doesn't matter whether you're, you know, you got a Ferrari parked out there um, and left, left the keys in, by the way. But I don't care what you do. It doesn't matter. Say, Lord, it's from you. This is, you know, this is from you. You've given me power to do this. You've given me the wisdom, Lord. And I, Lord, I want, I want to give you the glory this morning. Amen. But the last thing I want to share in 1 Corinthians 15, 10, it says this. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, Paul says. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any person, any other team member. Though it was not I, but the grace of God that was with me. How many know one of the last things I want to leave you with today about work is God is in your work. God wants to be in your work. It's by grace. God, you, by your grace, have enabled me to do this today. By your grace, amen, that you're in my work. How many want the Lord to be in your work? 
You want God's signature to be on everything you do. God's, God's design, God's hand, and God's, God's theme all in your life. And this is a principle today. I could share a lot of things, and I will. But one of the first things we got to understand is that work is unto the Lord. Lord, it's unto you. So whether you're a teenager or whether you're in retirement, Lord, it's unto you today. Whether you're going out to weed the garden or whether you're going to work a 16-hour shift, it doesn't matter. Lord, I work unto you you. God, give me the grace to do this. Give me the grace. Amen. Give me the wisdom to, to work. Give me the wisdom to pay my bills and, and to store up and do these things. Give me the wisdom that comes with my job, Lord, because it's unto you that I work today. I want God to receive the glory in my life. I want Him to be seen in my, in my family. I want Him to be seen in my life. And you know, I don't ever want to get to the place that I can say, I don't need the Lord. I don't ever want to get to the place I said, I really don't need God. I mean, I need to come to the Lord every day. Whether I'm in blessing or in want, I need to say, Lord, I need you. Come on, I need you. I need you. And so I want you to just thank the Lord for what you have today. Thank the Lord for what He's blessed you with. Thank the Lord for I mean, what, what He's going to give you and how He can bless you. And Thank the Lord for new ideas and, and new strategies and, and all these things with work and raising a family and, and a culture today. Amen. But work is from the Lord. It's a gift. It's a promise. It's a blessing. So we work. Our work is to Him. Our work is for Him. Our work is by Him today. Amen. Can we lift our hands to heaven and just thank the Lord today? Lord, I thank you for the blessings of work. Thank you for the blessing. Lord, whether it's physical or, or mental or emotional. Lord, I thank you for the blessing of work. Thank you, Lord, that, that we do it as unto you, first of all. I thank you that you gave us an example at creation. And then when you came and walked the earth, Lord, you gave us an example that we should work with our hands. And it's not cursed, it's blessed. And Lord, I thank you that we live in a fallen world. We live in a cursed uh, earth. But Lord, I thank you that in the midst of that, you can bless your people. Lord, you bless Jacob in the midst of a famine. You bless Joseph in the midst of a famine, Lord. You blessed him with wisdom and understanding. And in the end, the whole nation and his family was blessed. And so, Lord, that's our goal. That's our wish today and our hope today in Jesus. That, Lord, bless the work of our hands today. That our family and our culture and our, our community, Lord, would be blessed and know that you've done it. And it's unto you we work. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. If you need prayer today, we want to pray with you. And we have workers coming. And around the front, we want to pray with you. But, you know, most importantly, if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you have walked away from Him, and maybe you know, there's things in your life that happened that have really took you away from the church and from the Lord, we want you to be restored today. We want you to receive Jesus Christ in your heart today. We also want to pray with you. If that's you, amen, we just ask you to come down front this morning. Amen.